When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 77 of Is This Real Life? I am here with my friend Jody Terangle. How are you doing? Great. So excited to be here. So Jody and I are podcasting from my kitchen, and she has been kind enough to grace me with her presence and tell me all about BravoCon, because she is the one person that I know in real life who actually attended BravoCon. Jody, how was it? I mean, honestly, we kept saying it was like Disneyland for Bravo fans. It was like (laughs) the best weekend of my life. Uh, I met moms that said apart from like the births of their children, just the best, best experience (laughs) of their lives, which is dramatic. But honestly, it was amazing. I am so jealous. I was a little bit hoping it would kind of fail like Fire Festival so I wouldn't have to be so jealous of everyone. But I am glad that it did well because I really hope to go next year. Yeah, that was the concern with it. Whenever you go to the first year of anything, you don't know what to expect. Um, They said next year they'll probably do it in either L.A. or New York. So get ready. But it was it was really great. Oh, my God. I would definitely go if it was New York. L.A. might be hard, you know, from the East Coast to get all the way there. And I do plan to go to L.A. in August as a um, kind of a big tour of TomTom and all those places and to see some of my podcast friends who live out there. But it would be hard to go back like just a couple months later. But we'll see. We'll see. So let's get started. How did you actually score tickets? So my original plan actually was to get the highest level ticket. Um, and I was going for that. There was like a dream big SVIP for like, you know, it was like $1,400 and I was going for it. And, you know, they just sold so quickly that I kept going sort of down. It was like that level, the lower level. I finally ended up with like the general admission pass. It was $299. And I was like, you know what? There are tickets. Let's do it. You know, and I think some people really held out for those other tickets. But I was afraid of resale. So I just went with what I could get. And it was okay? Yeah, it was actually great. I mean, I think that there were there were some lines that the VIPs, you know, they were trying to get them through, obviously, the most quickly. So 
I was in line for like two hours for the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, I got to the front of the line. They all left. <gasps> and like Lisa Rinna came out and kind of waved at us and was like, I'm so sorry. We have a panel. We have to go. Um, so then I they said that if we stuck around, we could watch Tom and Ariana make fancy AF cocktails. So I did that. And then I was like first in line for their photo op. So it worked out fine. Um, James was DJing beforehand, naturally. So <laughs> it was just really a wonderful afternoon for me. Um, but St- they put Stassi and Bo at the same time. And so, you know, it's like having them opposite Tom and Ariana. I mean, I ended up where I did and I was happy to meet them. But it was one of those where it's like, you know, Sophie's choice. Like, who do you go see? Who do you go see? It's so, so stressful. How were, how were Tom and Ariana? <laughs> I loved them. I mean, they just were so gracious. I had gone the previous night. They did a Vanderpump Rules party um, where James DJed and Sheena performed. um, And Tom actually came down and was bartending. He just hopped behind the bar. And I told him, I was like, that was really nice. You did that. And he said, that was my idea. I really wanted to bartend for people. So when I went to their event, they both made cocktails and passed them out to the audience. Um, So that was so fun because it was like actually getting to try one of their drinks after like watching them bartend for so many years and they were amazing I talked to Ariana afterwards and uh she had forgotten the agave um (laughs) so which you know I'm no bartender so I didn't notice but uh she felt really bad about that um but they were just so lovely really funny and just so beautiful in person too so they were really so nice did you have heart to hearts with anyone yeah I felt like um Ariana and I are both members of what I call the Dead Dads Club. Um, And, you know, she talks about that a lot on the show. Um, I wasn't expecting to have any like deep convos at this thing. But I we had a moment in they did sort of like my friend called it the Bravo Farmer's Market. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> totally imagine that. They Everyone it, selling their merch. Yeah, they called it the Bazaar. Um, and it was literally like Craig is there from Southern Charm, you know, with his sewing down south goods. And then you have Kyle from Summer House with Loverboy, his drink. So Ariana was there with the book. And, you know, I had a really nice talk with her and she gave me a hug. And, um, you know, we had a nice talk about our dad. So I really think that, you know, in this maybe superficial world that a lot of people think it is, I was able to have a really nice conversation with someone. And um, so I really valued that and that she took the time to do that. That is so sweet. Did you make friends at BravoCon with strangers? Yeah, everyone was really so friendly. I think I was worried about that because I had some friends that were coming, but they got day passes and I was like in it for the three days. Um, So (laughs) So you like only were with them for a day. Right. And then two other days you were by yourself. Yeah, we didn't have a lot of I didn't realize you were doing it by yourself or part of it. Yeah, it was like a real opportunity to, you know, be with my people. Um, So... It ended up being great. You know, like you meet people and then you tend to go to the same events. You know, it's like you'd run into people in line that you had seen the previous day. And so I had like when I walked into the Vanderpump panel, it was so crowded. I was looking for a seat and my friends from earlier in the day had saved me a seat without telling me (laughs) because we had talked about how I was going to it. So there were just really nice moments like that. And I exchanged information with people. And I think like we'll probably see each other next year if all goes to plan. So. Um, it was great. And I, uh, I made friends with a Bravo producer, which was amazing. Ooh, gonna need that person's um, name. <laughs> yeah. 
he was really so nice. Um, I didn't realize that he was like actually working for Bravo. I thought that he was like on the events staff and I overheard him telling someone after Luann's cabaret um, that he worked for Bravo. And so I thanked him, you know, because it was such a great event and he gave me his card. And so if I ever want to go to watch what happens live, I'm going to email him. Yeah, I've been and it is <sighs> amazing. I'm so jealous. Who did you see? I saw Tom and Katie Schwartz. Oh, those are so good. Yeah, they were gorgeous Katie is so beautiful in person I feel like people I don't know if it's because she's on a like screen with people who are just like super super skinny yeah but she is thin she is beautiful she is like her hair is so perfect she was wearing a killer outfit too and he is so kind and he's really really tall like, yeah, like six three, six four, like quite tall. I felt like, yeah, he was another one that, like, the the thing with that Vanderpump Rules party was that, and I kind of thought it would be like this, where they're all kind of separate from the crowd. They were in like this area overlooking the dance floor, but he made a point to come down, and he like was taking pictures with people, and I felt like he really was like one with the people, which uh, the rest of them, some of them didn't really do. Yeah, that. I think that Tom's know how to work a crowd and know how to engage with people and get energy from it in a way that maybe some of the other cast don't and I think Stassi is one of those people who like it takes energy from her to do this and so she really has to prep herself so when I saw her do her Mm. podcast live here in DC she was so on and she was so good but I could see that after like, I don't think she's someone when if you run into her that she's going to she'll be nice. But I just think it's exhausting. And not everyone's personality is one where they like draw energy from others. So I draw energy from others. So like when I go to large events, it takes me a couple hours to like cool down after to like actually calm myself down and go to bed because I have all this energy. It's just weird. But I think Tom and Tom are like that. Yeah, and with I didn't go to Stassi's photo op because, you know, I was at the Tariana photo op, as I called it. Um, But I heard that she left that photo op like it was a half hour long. So inevitably, like, and it was with her and Bo. So everyone's waiting in line. And I heard that she left right away. Whereas, like, when I talked to Craig, he said, like, he and Jax really don't know each other, but they were, like, fighting with security, going back for selfies with people. Like, they really felt like if people have been waiting for, us we want to take pictures I don't think all of the Bravo celebrities had that same approach and I think some of them once their time was up they were out you know but they some of those guys I think especially were like really fighting which I thought was really kind of them that's Craig seems like such a sweetheart and Jax I would never say that about but it sounded like he was really on that weekend and really was excited about all the people that you know that's how they get their money that's how they have their fame and these people are all people who love them there's not no one's like a hater yeah they may say some things on Twitter but they watch because they enjoy it and they're there because they love Bravo and they love all the people on the shows yeah so I, I think you know the Bravo celebrities like they get it they realize like this is why they make a living and these people are real people and they've been touched by what they see I mean people are really touched like your conversation with Ariana I mean that's sort of why I fell in love with Bravo all over again after my mom died because it was not just an escape but I could see similarities to myself and the characters and the you know the real people and their real lives there's death on the shows too and there's wonderful things too and you know it's just real life yeah and I think you know 
I'm sure for them, it's the first time they've had anything like this. So it's probably really surreal to be there and have people stop you for pictures every two seconds. And But I felt like Captain Lee was another one that he just was like, I'm here for the fans. I'll do anything for you guys. You know, so I really liked seeing that because I think, I mean, that is the reason that, you know, they're at this event. And I know that with some of them, like I heard Jill Zarin when I was at the Top Chef dinner, she wouldn't take a picture with the person sitting next to me because she said she was busy. And I was like, here's the thing. Like, if you're going to go to a Top Chef dinner the last night of BravoCon, people are going to take pictures with you. And I felt like he was really nice. He waited till she was done with dinner. She's sitting there with Heather McDonald at the bar and she just couldn't be bothered. Like she just didn't want to do it. Well, she's not known for being the kindest or the most, I guess, towards fans. Mm -hmm. And Heather McDonald is known for being one of the biggest bitches. I Mm -hmm. probably will get sued for saying that. (laughs) Uh, But she's not known to be very kind either. Um, And they both are, you know, Racist Trump supporters. So there, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. Um, but I will say on the like Bravo super fan note, um, Jerry O'Connell was just lovely. Oh my God. He was so it, nice. What a dream. Um, yeah. And he came dressed as Captain Lee. Um, <laughs> so funny. Yeah. He's just so funny. He just was like, he, call, he kept saying he was in Bravo cosplay all weekend. Um, he was dressed as Ken. He had like a stuffed animal jiggy at one point. That's and, amazing. And when I saw him, I was like, I'm really sorry to bother you, but he couldn't have been nicer. So handsome. I just was like really excited to, to see Jerry. It was great. So my real question is, so the Watch What Happens Live, I heard was taped, was like two hours long. Yes. Right? It, it was very long. There were like a couple issues. One of them was that when Vicky was supposed to come out, the door wouldn't open. Of so course. Andy kept being like, and now, you know, and the door wouldn't open and then he would do it again. And it was like so funny. At a certain point, I was like, is this supposed to happen? Like Vicky's probably fuming back there, like of all people for that to happen to. So it was just it was so it just stuff like that would happen and it would take so long. It was like so crazy. That's so funny. But so <laughs> did you watch it on TV after? Yeah. And they definitely it, it did feel a lot shorter. Like it just felt like. I think being there, you know, because you had the commercial breaks and stuff and people would run up like in between and take pictures with people on the stage and of just selfies and Tamara like dove into the crowd at one point. I, yeah, I saw that on Instagram. <laughs> so there were just all of those things, I guess, that were missing. The The Frederick Andy kiss was like very shocking to be there for. I felt like they kind of cut that a little bit on the so, actual So it was longer? Than- he just came out and did it and then did it again. Like a little bit later. And I, I was very, I was like, because, you know, we see Frederick and he has like, you know, Derek and the twins. And all of a sudden I was, this happened and Andy just looked shocked. Like he said that he liked it, but it was just so shocking to be there for it. And I, sort of to me, not in a great way. Like I just was confused by the whole thing. <laughs> it was just one of those where I was like, huh, like didn't see that coming. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, I mean, you know, I guess it's live TV. Anything can happen, right? But that was very unexpected when he just came out and like planted one on Andy. That is, yeah, it was shocking watching it on, you know, three days later on TV. Well, as we go through the Housewives 
franchises that are on TV right now, I want you to be sure to speak up if you saw any of these Bravo Lebs at BravoCon and what sure. they were really like and kind of what your thoughts are now. But we'll get started. You're, you haven't been watching Atlanta, so we'll skip that this week. Although right. I have to tell you about one particular thing that happened in yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, please do. So are you familiar with Candy and Kenya and yes. so all the characters? So Kenya is back this season. And oh, man, is she a mess. She um, sells some sort of hair care product for women who wear weaves and wigs. And Marlo the one who's always wanted a peach but hasn't had it. She's always been on as Nini's friend. She was having a wig party where she came out with a wig line. It was kind of a weird party. There was not that much going on. She just had a mic and then like a flower wall with the wigs on it. And Kenya said that she wasn't coming because they didn't get along. And she ends up showing up and crashing it with her own marching band, giving out her product for free to all these women who were really excited about her product, but sort of tramping all over Marlo. And it was just so obnoxious and so funny. So over the top that, so that's the main thing that happened this week that I wanted to discuss. It was pretty incredible. They're also going to carnival, but not in the Caribbean. They're going to the largest carnival outside the Caribbean, which I did not realize happens in Toronto, Canada. So they'll be in Toronto in a few weeks and quite excited to see that. Which you know that was a sponsor that was just like, you know, Justin Trudeau reaching out. (laughs) Oh my God. If Justin Trudeau would walk in carnival with the ladies of Atlanta, I would die. All my worlds colliding politics and I love when politics collide with Bravo it is some of my favorite okay so let's get into the OC so the ladies are in Key West uh Vicky had just fallen and an ambulance had been called which was definitely unnecessary and probably a poor use of uh, Key West's county resources (laughs) when really they definitely had a producer van they could have brought her to urgent care in but you know I digress so Um, The next day, Kelly, Bronwyn, and Emily go to Ernest Hemingway's house, and it sounds like the Trace Amigas didn't seem to know who Ernest Hemingway was, which is not all that shocking. Have you ever been to Key West? I've never been. It looks really great and like a really fun sort of tropical paradise. I I definitely want to go now, and Ernest Hemingway's house looked really interesting. Yeah, and I felt like, I mean, were we surprised that, like, Kelly seemed to know so much? They were like, what's your favorite Ernest Hemingway book? And she had one. She was like, like, for whom the bell tolls. Although she said, for whom the tolls bell. I would say she definitely did not quite get the title right. And I couldn't figure out. I'm like, did she Google this right before the trip? Like, it was just unclear because I'm like, I feel like we're supposed to think that, like, she has this secret life of, like, reading Hemingway when she's not filming. And I feel like (laughs) I was unconvinced. I... But yeah, it was interesting how so many of them were like, I don't know who that is. And then you have Kelly being like, well, but then she didn't quite say the title right. It was she's she was really cute when they were doing it all. I thought they had a good time. Emily was really great in her confessionals this week. She her one liners are on point. And I think she writes them herself like it doesn't feel made up. 
you know, it doesn't no. feel like she has a writer. It's just kind of her thing. So she was calling the Trace Amigas the Trace Amoebas, which is quite funny. And then said that hanging out with them is like being a freshman in high school, but except for the senior girls hating her, it's the senior citizens. And I just thought that was so cute. They got into a bit of a fight on Twitter. Uh, Vicky called out Emily for this comment and made it sound like she was so offended because her mom got Alzheimer's in her late 50s and then died in her mid 60s or something like that. Um, You know, I just no one is saying these women are old, but they joke about being the trace abuelas and they joke about being old and it's just a joke. Like, get over it. And Vicky says the meanest things about people. And then she gets upset when someone calls her old. When she calls herself old? When it's like, you can't have it both ways, Vicky. Like, you're the OG, and all you talk about is being the OG. But then when it comes time to, like, it is corresponding with age, then she gets real upset. So. Oh, my God. Well, then we saw Emily, Gina, and Kelly go jet skiing, and Emily drops a bomb on us. She used to date a drug dealer that owned a boat with a lot of jet skis. So she's quite familiar with jet skiing. Yeah, I felt like that was an interesting drop in the conversation. Like she said it like, oh, yeah, I just I like it's normal to just jet ski all the time. Dude, your drug dealer ex-boyfriend. Like <laughs> I, She could have just said, oh, I dated somebody in the jet ski. But no, no. And I'm like, also, how does that work? Right. Like, did he have a pager on the jet ski? Like, how is he doing? Pager, both? That's like drug dealing circa 1996. But but how is he jet skiing and also getting all these calls about his drug deals? It seems like you couldn't do that in the water, (laughs) right? Interesting. I'd never thought about it. I'm just, you know, but you're right. That was an vintage Vintage. drug dealer reference. (laughs) Do they have cell phones now? I don't know how drug dealing works. Maybe we should ask Emily. We should ask Emily how it works. We should. I would love to hear more about her past. It sounds fascinating and like how far in advance was that of like g chatting shane and getting (laughs) i mean that was the weirdest too she's just such an interesting person i really want to know everything about her i do too i really am fascinated by her life then one of my favorite moments in bravo history happens a shark appears (laughs) i am a huge shark fan i've been watching shark week since i was a kid although now it's become too commercial I love sharks. There was a hammerhead. Hammerheads are incredible. Gina did not listen to the guide who was telling them that there has not been one fatality due to a hammerhead in Florida, but she still continued to freak out, which I guess I understand. But was that hilarious? And Kelly just kept her cool. was like, do you want to hold the starfish? And I loved how Gina was like, well, now I have the starfish, so I have a weapon. And the jet ski guy was like, that's not going to be enough, actually. Like, he was, just, <laughs> he was just, like, so funny because he was, like, as much as he was trying to talk her down, once she, like, had the starfish ready, he was like, yeah, no, that's not going to cut it. That is, oh, I just, the whole thing, I loved. Um, It wasn't as fun to watch Tamara and Shannon go parasailing. It's just, like, Shannon's freaking out, doing her whole, bah! thing and it's just you know and then Bronwyn and Vicky have nothing to talk about Vicky is so uninterested and so angry that Bronwyn took her orange that she's just so nasty towards her and it just feels like all misplaced yeah I feel like Vicky just anytime there's a new girl Vicky just decides that they're like the worst thing never happened and so this is a case where it's like you know I think for a first season housewife Bronwyn's really brought it but Vicky's just 
feeling threatened the whole time. So, And not too much else happens. Like, So on the boat, Emily opens up to Kelly about yelling when she's at home and her kids are picking up on it. And so they both decide to go to anger management, which was just some dude that Kelly knew. And they were sitting on a beach like envisioning being nice to people. It was the biggest load of shit I've ever seen but hey if it works it works I doubt it works I'm pretty sure anger management you have to do routinely yeah I thought that whole scene was honestly probably my favorite part of the whole episode <laughs> like it, imagining Vicky's face and she's like I want to punch it yeah it was like is this really effective and then when he was like think of your daughter I'm like do you think when Kelly lashes out for like the hundredth time she's gonna picture like Julie's face like it's just it's ridiculous and she needs a lot more than one beach session like you said she needs like serious serious therapy to work on all that stuff no and I hope Gina's getting some serious therapy because she announced uh this week that she was going to call off her divorce from Matt and I'm pretty sure this was taped in May and in June was when she was he broke into her home and beat her up while the kids were in the house um and obviously a lot has happened since then he's lost his job as a result of the domestic violence and he has been really horrible to her since then and during then and you know it's just hard to watch knowing what happens next it's really dark yeah I think so too and I felt like when I was watching it like when she was saying her hat said like single AF and she wished that it said confused AF I was like yeah clearly there's a lot more to that story that we didn't really know because I don't think he was painted to be the best guy but we didn't think that it went as far as it did. No yeah we didn't think it was you know violent. Then when they get back Tamara and Eddie go on a double date with Bronwyn and her husband. Is his name Scott? Am I getting that wrong? Ooh, I was saying he was at BravoCon. Everyone was saying he was so him, nice. Yeah, he seems really kind. I was saying he like seems nice, but sort of I sort of forget about him sometimes. Yeah, yeah. and then um, <laughs> Shannon shows up with Babe, the guy Babe. that she's dating at the time, which is a really funny nickname for him because she accidentally called him Babe the first time they met. Uh, she's like, "Thanks, Babe." <laughs> it's like so awkward. So that's really cute. Uh, but that's not the guy who she's with now. No, and she had her current boyfriend with her at BravoCon, and he just seemed so cute. He was like at the panel that I went to with her, and he just was kind of watching from the audience, but he just seems like such a nice guy. Really? Oh, that makes me so happy for Shannon. She was saying she like gained a little love weight, but I was like, you look amazing, Shannon. Don't even worry about it. She does seem happy with this one, because there have been a couple that's others great. that she went public with that didn't yeah. end up being that great. Uh, so this one seems like potentially the real deal. Who from the OC was at BravoCon? So it was Tamara, Shannon, Kelly, pretty much all of them, actually. Bronwyn, Vicky, um, Emily, Gina. I mean, I think... They were all there? Yeah, I was going to say, are we missing anybody? I don't... That was one of the few casts. Like, other casts that were, like, notably absent. Like, we didn't have Sonia from New York, which was shocking. I heard... Yeah, she's going through a rough time. That's what Ramona was saying. That's what Ramona said. And then, like, a day later, she was on someone's Instagram, like, really drunk at doing karaoke somewhere and kind of had to be told to leave the bar. I don't really know. Yeah. So everyone was kind of shocked she wasn't there, but pretty much all of the OC people and um, they actually did like a mini. Uh, when I saw the invite for it, it was just going to be Kelly, but Kelly ended up bringing 
all of them pretty much except Vicky um, <laughs> to the bar with her and Leanne uh, came too so they did like a little engagement party for her and her fiance Rick was there and she seemed really happy and that ring is like really intense oh my god that when that relationship falls apart someone's gonna die someone's gonna get killed when everyone's so confused because it's like we're watching this season she's with someone else but then in real life we see she's engaged like it's so hard to keep up well i wish they would i mean they clearly take a lot of time on production to put together the storylines and you know get all the approvals and everything but i wish we were watching it closer to real time Sometimes it's hard to know things are happening during filming and then watching them back, just given the Instagram world that we live in and what we know what's happening in real life. It wasn't like this 10 years ago when we were watching the shows. No, not at all. And I think that is what's so funny about it is that like you're following them on Instagram and you're like, huh, this guy looks different than the one I'm watching you with right now. Um, So it feels a little like, well, I know how this relationship ends. And like, you know, with Dr. Brian, I mean, they broke up on Instagram. Like Kelly said she found out from social media that's oh god that's dark another dark thing and this will be the last thing on the oc is tamra's children watching spencer deal with his breakup and he's got all these piercings and tattoos and dyed his hair and he had the nerve and i was very interested at this to call out tamra for not really being there for him for things and I was like, somewhere Sydney is cheering. <laughs> yeah, I felt like it's funny because then, you know, we see Tamara just on this trip, constantly on the phone with her son. So it's like, I mean, clearly, you know, he's like... She cares and everything, but, it, yeah. it, you know, and then she has Ryan, her really scary son, come over and I just, you know what, I'm not going to devote any time to him because he is not worth the time, but he is... He's someone who scares me. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like, at what point, you know, and I think this is a common theme, as we know from these shows, it's like, at what point do you let go of your childhood a little bit? I mean, Ryan has a child of his own. It's kind of like, you know, you see this where it's like, all right, you're an adult and I get that you're upset and you you feel like, you know, Spencer had this different childhood than you had. But at a certain point, it's like, Tamara can not do right by anybody in her family. I mean, it seems a little tough. And, well, speaking of people who don't let go of their childhood, let's dive into Dallas. Oh, man. So after the ladies leave the red light district in Bangkok, Leanne just unloads on Cameron and is screaming at her, telling her that she's going to ruin her reputation in Dallas society by having gone to a ping pong show, screaming about the chirpy Mexican Carrie, forcing her to go to the show. And Leanne was just trying to protect Cameron. And it sounds like Cam cries like really intensely. Leanne is trying to comfort her, but is failing and calls Deandra to come and then Leanne is like kind of opens up about how she's upset that Carrie caused Cameron to lose her empathy chip towards Leanne which is like have you seen like she defends you when you're not around she's kind to you when you are around what more do you want from someone It is exhausting and she then makes this about she was upset because of her bad childhood she could have ended up a sex worker which is not what these women necessarily were in the show but it is the red light district and being in this area and space triggered her which is understandable I think it is uncomfortable um, you know. 
I don't tend to go to red light districts when I travel places, whether it be Amsterdam or anywhere else, just because it's like, okay, I I get it. It's just not something I want to partake in. And but that doesn't excuse how she's been treating everyone else and especially Cameron. Yeah, I feel like I mean, first of all, I thought it was hilarious that Leanne's whole thing was like, your reputation's going to be ruined. And it's like, is this worse than being a real housewife in society? Right. right. Like, I don't know that much about Dallas society, but I assume that like you lose some points just for being on the show. <laughs> so that was my first thing. It just sort of feels like if you're so high and mighty in society and also like there are things that they all have in common. It's like they all went to this show together. So why is it like it'll only affect Cameron? I like- do think <laughs> I do think Cameron is the only one of them that's considered like high society mm-hmm. because of her husband's family and the amount of like charity and things that they do in the last name. Um, whereas the others are more like, I mean, I guess Deandra a little bit from like who her parents are, but the others are more new money. And I that's feel true. like not, I mean, new money for the U.S. Like we're not talking about Europe where it's like very different. But I, I do think maybe she has some sort of, I have no idea if anyone listening <laughs> is from Dallas or understands quote unquote Dallas society, please enlighten us. Yeah. I mean, because all I know is about pink dog food. So I feel like it's not, yeah. it's not like her family business is like, but you know, I get it. Like, I think I, I do remember hearing like, oh, you know, this name and who she married into and everything like that so I think that's something that like you know but it's just it was just so funny for I was like once Leanne decided you know she didn't like it then she had to shame everybody for going when they all went and she could have just not gone as they pointed out well another interesting thing and I wonder if you noticed this while watching Cameron doesn't say anything in the moment And I don't know if she fully understood the words that Leanne was saying and how awful they were until later because she's in her confessionals. Time had passed. Right. So she's had time to absorb, listen to what her husband's telling her and come up with her own narrative saying, oh, I didn't say anything because Leanne was so reactive and so emotional. She wasn't really making it or talking any sense. So I was going to wait to talk to her or I didn't want to throw any fuel on the fire by, you know, telling Deandra and Carrie that they were right, that she is manipulative, you know, Yeah, I feel like Leanne's one of those that like, it's like the Kelly thing. Everyone's like kind of afraid of them when they have these outbursts. And so I think like maybe Cam was kind of right, like not the best time to be like, oh, maybe you shouldn't be saying that about Gary. Like, but it was just so hard to watch because it's like, where do you even start? I mean, she's yelling at her. Cameron's crying. Like, it's just so much going on. But the derogatory Mexican comments were so bad. And the fact that no one said them in real time is just shows me how uncomfortable they are, like discussing race and xenophobia and that kind of stuff with each other. Because, you know, I've had friends say things that were inappropriate before using the term tranny or something like that and be like, hey, you know what? That word's like not really cool to use. Transgender people don't appreciate it, and I would appreciate you not using it and around me, you know. And they usually are like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, I didn't realize, you know, things like that. In this instance, though, like it was quite clear that she was using the term Mexican as derogatory, regardless of how Carrie self identifies. You know, like we're Jewish, right? It's okay for us to be like, oh my god, like so Jewish. But if someone else <laughs> is like, oh yeah, that Jew girl, like I'd be like, no, why, why are you calling me a Jew? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I felt like that was one of those things where it's like, clearly she is upset by the friendship, but that doesn't excuse saying that and saying it over and over again. And I mean, she said it to her face. She said it behind her back. Like, she's clearly trying to provoke her. And so I do think that, like, you know, it's good that Carrie's sort of not reactive when she does kind of call her out. But, like, it's just... I feel like all the call-outs come next week, which I think is the finale. Yeah, because I feel like we've seen scenes where she says something to her, to her face. But, yeah, I just... I feel like these finales are going to be so crazy because it's all been building up. And Andy said this week that it took them 90 minutes just to get through these comments that Leanne had said. And at least in the previews for next week, it does not look like she is giving any room up and acknowledging any wrongdoing. She even used the excuse that I have Mexicans in my family and I have had sex with Mexicans and they are good lovers and then gave the example of someone who I can't remember who ended up being Spanish, not even Mexican, like from Spain. So... The whole like, oh, I've had sex with or oh, I date so and so like it doesn't mean that you can't be racist or xenophobic. And just the fact that she can't just apologize and acknowledge like, where did this come from? She has anger towards Carrie. Why did it come out in this way? Like, I understand being angry with someone, but using those terms and like going to a place of like race and racism and xenophobia is so dark. So her apology was... (laughs) She misspelled things. It was not a well, like, thought out, don't you have a publicist? Like, can't you have someone help you through this? I feel like she's so, so narcissistic that she refuses to take advice from anyone. And it wasn't until Andy Cohen called her out on Watch What Happens Live and said that her words were vile and disgusting that she even took it seriously. It's like, oh, my job's in danger. Yeah, and I feel like these like half-baked, you know, social media apologies when really they just they're called out and so they feel like they have to do something. You know, I'm sure her behavior on the show is she's just going to be really defensive. She's not going to be apologetic. Yeah. So this is clearly a PR move. And like you said, I would expect at this point somebody could proofread stuff before she, she wrote it. She wrote, I am deeply sorry to those that I have hurt or offended with some of my comments on The Real Housewives of Dallas season four. It was never my intention to hurt anyone, and I will use this as a learning experience, misspelled experience, (laughs) to be more aware of my comments in the future. My commitment to moving forward is to continue my work fighting for equality and acceptance of all humans. When this is another thing, it's like, oh, I support women, you know, Ramona. I just feel like just saying like you do some philanthropy doesn't make up for the fact that you said this and it doesn't reflect well on you. What's interesting to me, and I've pointed this out before, is that Leanne is the only person on this franchise on record saying that she does not support Donald Trump, who, as we know, has had really horrible policies towards Mexican immigrants and other immigrants from the Northern Triangle countries. I I get that, right? But... But then it's also hard to hear the people calling her out who are supporting these like really horrible immigration policies and separating children from their parents at the border and detaining them indefinitely and not giving them soap and not giving them toothbrushes and proper medical care and flu shots and I should get off my soapbox. Sorry, <laughs> this is something that um, you know I work on and care about. So 
Yes, I understand all that. So it's going to be hard for me to watch the other women calling her out for xenophobia when like they support policies. Um, but I do love these women. It's it's we obviously differ politically and I don't really understand all the background behind them. But it's really awkward to hear. It's going to be awkward. Yeah, I feel like, you know, the one thing that I thought was sort of like the bright, shiny light in the episode, I was obsessed with how Cameron, the second everyone left the table, she's eating everybody's food. Oh my God, that she does that. She's so funny. And she, her whole thing about like, if you retreat, I'm going to eat was so it's funny. So funny. So let's go into that final supper <sighs> because that was really something. Um, so they're at this really fancy dinner and immediately Deandra and Carrie confront Leanne about she's being emotionally manipulative towards Cameron, making her feel guilty. And Cam has the opportunity to kind of agree with them. And instead, she defends Leanne, which pisses everyone else off. Um, Leanne, while trying to defend herself, is snapping at Carrie, like how you would snap at like a dog. It, it just was weird. Brandy finally loses it and was like, every experience on this trip becomes about you and your childhood and even the elephants. And it was so crazy how Leanne couldn't even read the room when they were all together after the elephant experience. Brandy had a reaction then and she couldn't even tell because she was so wrapped up in herself. And so her and Carrie leave and Brandy kind of goes into how Leanne just keeps using this line, you're ruining your reputation in Dallas society to get anyone to not be friends with somebody. So she used it with Stephanie to not get her to be friends with Brandy. Now she's using it with Cameron to get her to not be friends with Carrie. And it's a manipulation tactic. Um, then Leanne eventually leaves the dinner, making it all about herself again, leaves crying. Stephanie is afraid to talk. Deander impersonates Leanne. And Cam eats everyone else's food. Yeah, I loved that. Stephanie was like this is just the last supper from hell <laughs> um, it was just because it was and it was one of those things where it was like it just you know I mean you're so used to them having these fights over dinner I was actually watching it thinking like wow I can't believe like this is their job like they get paid to go on vacation and go to dinner and just fight with each other um, but yeah once again like a relatively nice meal just takes a turn for the worse and I felt like Leanne just yeah I, I don't know I mean it was just with her getting up and I you know I think at a certain point I I think Cameron is her loyalty is nice it was nice that she was defending her um but at the same time it's like just you know at some point just say you're sorry and move on but they just Leanne that's not really her specialty she doesn't seem to take any ownership for anything and while I've thought she's been a good housewife to date I feel like I'm tired of her and there needs to be major shakeup. And I just don't know if she can be part of that shakeup because I she's unwilling to kind of change. And in order to be interesting, you have to keep kind of like Ramona's crazy. She doesn't change, but she keeps kind of remaking herself in a way. And that's fun to watch. But yeah, her overall behavior doesn't change. Leanne's behavior is exhausting. It is so exhausting and everyone is exhausted by it. And on Danny Pellegrino's podcast, he was talking about the shows that we really love on Bravo versus the ones that are just eh. It's like the dimensions. So like with, you know, 
I don't know, like New York, they could be like Bethany fighting with Luann and Luann fighting with Tinsley and Tinsley upset with Sonia and then Sonia really bonding with Ramona. And it's just like a multi-layered thing. Whereas here it's like team A or team B. It's like Leanne and everyone else. And it's exhausting and it's boring. It's not as interesting as watching, I don't know, women with a bit more depth to their, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of her. I'm exhausted by her. Yeah, I feel like she's one that, like, I think initially, you know, when she first came on, I was like, yeah, she makes for, like, great TV. She's great. But now it's just gotten kind of painful. You just feel like every episode she's talking about the circus again. And, like, I'm starting to feel like I'm in the circus just hearing her (laughs) talk about the circus again. Um, We are all carnies here. Yeah. I mean, at some point, it's, like, just the same story, different day. And I just want her to, like, all right, you're with elephants now. Can it just be about the elephants? Like, of course it can't because it's her. But, like, it's so frustrating to watch it every episode. So you saw her and Brandy at BravoCon. Yeah. And so that was one cast where like a lot of them were missing. Um, Deandra happened to be at Luann's Cabaret, which was like random. But, you know, she was just in the audience. I mean, I felt like there was a wasted opportunity there to like bring her on stage. But yeah, it was really they really only had a couple of them from Dallas. Well, Dallas is not a big moneymaker for them. There's not as many people that watch the show. So I was under the impression that was it was in jeopardy to not be to not happen again but then I'm also hearing that they're casting but they cast a lot you know to try and even when they end up keeping the same ladies on from year after year a lot of times they're always looking for new and interesting women so I do hope that Dallas doesn't end like this with this whole racism xenophobia issue I would love for it to come back with some new blood new interest you know and just new storylines Yeah, I feel like, I mean, you know, it's good that they added Carrie. I do think they needed somebody new. Um, But it just, I don't know. I don't think she's the the right person. Yeah. I don't think she should stay. No. Um, And I don't know if Deandra is that helpful with, like, I'm tired of the Deandra Leanne dynamic. Yeah, and I think Deandra's another one that her storyline's kind of the same of it's this and it's with Mama D and it's like it doesn't really change from season to season. I know, and I just, I really want to get her on this podcast because I want to know about her life in D.C. Like, we live in D.C., she lived in D.C., she worked in the Bush administration, she worked in, I think, for the Department of Energy. I would love to hear about that life, the life that she gave up to go back and be with Mama D on open hard night good morning <laughs> like right. I, I would love to hear like how do you go from working in politics to working with like night creams <laughs> like it's just no it's just such a it's such different skill sets yeah you know like this thought of like oh I'm gonna you know go into the family business that's so profitable and then oh, it's wait, not yeah you know? so yeah I am a big Deandra fan I just really like her I like her husband I just think that like you know but I, but I do think this storyline's getting a little old I am super creeped out though by moms that have like competition with their daughters and that seems to be some sort of theme in a lot of these shows and I'm fascinated by these mother-daughter relationships that are very complex but maybe because my mom and I were not like she never saw me as competition she's like you're my child I'm now praise you you know it's like it's so odd to me to see them 
to see the moms behaving that way. When Deandra in that like Mama D costume, I was just like, okay, how's this going to go over? <laughs> like, I don't know. And that the drunker she got and the more clothes that came off, I was like, Mama D is not going to be a fan of this. <laughs> so funny. Well, let's get into Jersey. So I was pretty shocked that they ended up doing the dolphin thing because as we all know now that like animals in captivity are sad and not treated well. And so, yes, if this was 20 years ago before all of those documentaries were made, fine. But come on, we had like Potomac bring us to a plantation and we all learned about, you know, various aspects of slavery. We've had, you know, and and Dallas, we learned about elephants and how they break them so you can ride them and, you know, things like that. This could have been a moment to learn about something, but instead they partook in swimming with dolphins that are trained and sad. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I feel like, and we, on Below Deck too, they went to like, I don't know if it's the same elephant sanctuary, but looked very similar. <laughs> so I feel like oh, probably yeah. it's really funny because I'm like, Bravo clearly has relationships with certain places. And that was one where I was kind of like, huh, like I feel like we've seen so much like in the news and documentaries about how SeaWorld is bad and all of these. And then to have it be like, oh, we're going to go kiss dolphins. It seemed a little interesting. Like, I think those dolphins, they're kept like they're in the ocean, but there's nets so they can't get out. And like their original pods, like come by and like swim by and like, yeah, like say hi to them. That breaks my heart. It made me so angry that and Melissa's like, this is so cute. Everyone kiss the dolphin. And I'm like, you ladies. Oh, my God. The Jersey ladies can just piss me off so much with their like worldview. But we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like, you know, these other like places they've been to, you know, when it's Dallas, it's like, oh, we like we saved these animals. They were being abused and now they're in the sanctuary. And this is not that. This is just like we're oh, going to abuse these animals. Right. We have these dolphins in captivity and we're going to make them do tricks and like I that was really interesting because I feel like you're not seeing that as much like in aquariums now like they're not really doing those shows anymore right (laughs) you know yeah oh it's it was insane so the best part of the whole episode was this dinner that they have where they where Jennifer so it starts out with Danielle telling Teresa that she slept with Marty her I don't know husband ex-husband whatever he is again and they had this horrible contentious divorce so the idea that they even slept together again after is insane but I totally buy it because Marty like gave up his relationship with his children to be with her and then she still screwed him over so like he clearly doesn't know how to make good decisions and Marge calls him tells him that Danielle's telling people which she's not she just told Teresa and then like Marty then calls Danielle that we don't see and then Danielle calls Teresa and yells at her so I am kind of over Danielle I don't really need to see any more of her but I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I felt like that was just so funny because it's like, of course, it's like, no, like she just told me like, I, it's like you're on the show. OK, this is being filmed. It's not like it wasn't going to get out. Right. So, Danielle shouldn't tell her if it's, 
Yeah. <laughs> like, so that part was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I feel like their relationship is just as functional enough where I totally believe that happened. And I felt like the way it was like, no, no, that's not, you know, yeah, like, everyone's like, mm-hmm. and it also, I do want to know why Margaret and her husband became friends with Marty. Cause they threw him in the pool at the very end. So like what happened between that, the taping of the last season and then this season which wasn't that long I mean I know that you know after two months there was divorce papers filed and there was you know oh he's emotionally abusing me and my children like crazy stuff and so I don't know how it all yeah yeah I feel like the guys were always kind of friends and if anything it was more like Marty and Marge just sort of seem to be at odds um but I think that maybe it's one of those like uniting against a common enemy thing like yeah once that marriage didn't work out he, he kind went, of went running to, other to her people. yeah that's I what think I feel so like. too well the best part of the episode though was during this dinner when Jennifer did impressions of everyone and she was really good she I nailed it it was so great I she's mean, funny I was a little worried because I was like mm, a roast of housewives what could go wrong but she was really funny she was great I mean I still don't think she's an actual comedian like she thinks she is but she was really funny she was great the only one I was a little uncomfortable with was Jackie where she was like I don't eat food and it's like it's just awkward but it's true you know and I think since Jackie's been open about her eating disorder it's just like that doesn't seem like an area to make fun of but if they were all laughing and we only saw pieces of it obviously if they all had a good reaction including Jackie Maybe it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I felt like we saw Jackie's face. She didn't look thrilled, but then she kind of came around. But yeah, that was the only one that I was sort of like, oh, it's just a little bit of a low blow. And I mean, we see them talking about it on the show. And I Marge seemed more sensitive than some of the others, you know, about yeah. that piece of just, well, it sticks with you. Um, so I think this seems like it's going to be her storyline in a way for this season. I just season. think it's... I mean, it's, I'm glad that they're talking about it. I do think a lot of the women are frustrated with with Jackie because they have their own eating issues and they're like taking it out on her for whatever reason. Like the frustrations they have and the anger they have at themselves, they like take out at her. So Dolores, I did not appreciate her yelling at Jackie. I thought it was stupid. I know Jackie can be a little annoying, but I don't think that it made any sense. I'm a little bit tired of her storyline with Frank Catania and with David, the, what is he, an OBGYN surgeon? You know, I'm just, I'm just kind of over it. I, I used to like her as kind of a filler character, but she could just be a friend of. I think the only reason she's on is because people like Frank, her ex-husband. Yeah, I really do just love Frank. I he's feel funny. like he's so great. And it's interesting because when you see her with him, I just there's so much more of a spark than there is. I feel like we see her kind of bickering with David. And then when she's with Frank, she's like laughing and la- and maybe that's just, you know, their relationship. They were clearly like together for so long and they lived together. But it's like at some point I like watching it. I'm like, just get back together. Like, I love you guys together. I know. But he I mean, he cheated on her when she was I pregnant. Know. He was horrible. Her He got disbarred. Like he's not necessarily a quote unquote good guy and no. but they do have the same antiquated views on women because he called Jackie a woman lawyer and you know those women lawyers always have to have the last word and I was like you yeah. are a misogynistic piece of shit but I love watching you on TV I know I just feel like 
I know all that about him and there's just something about him. He's so lovable. I don't know. He is lovable. So is Joe, Joe Gorga. Yeah. Oh, I love Joe too. And you're right. I mean, these are not like the most feminist of uh, they, housewife significant like, others. But. It's, so, it's the most backwards <laughs> franchise. It really is. And I think like, you know, that's just how they grew up. I think a lot of them. Yeah. Except like, for Jackie, who was cut from a different cloth. Right. True. AKA liberal Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then we see the fact that Teresa found out that Joe, her husband, lost his appeal case and was likely going to get deported. And you can tell there's no love lost between her and her husband, but she is worried for her kids. And it's so hard to like. So she told the two older kids like Gia is the one that's most into it, following it closely. And then the second oldest is Adriana. Mm hmm. I think it was like she didn't want Gina to be the only one to deal with it herself. But it's like within the two younger ones, she has to tell like it's just I don't envy her and what she's going through. And I do think that her brother was there to be kind and listen, but also to give her the advice she needed to hear, which is like, you're going to lose your lawyers telling you there's not a lot of chances left and you're throwing money down the toilet to try and save him and he's not going to get saved. So at what point do you stop with, you know, and, and just let him go to Italy? And we, I'd be see now he is in Italy. I think he's working at like a fish market. <laughs> yeah. I, somebody had like commented on Instagram. I thought it was great that like they, he should do his own tours of Italy because <laughs> he, his posts are just so funny. And he's like trying on the local fashion. He's like eating at restaurants. And like, I mean, I'm like, I'm with you. Like, and I see why you wanted to get out of jail because like this actually looks lovely here where you're living. Um, but I do feel like it's very sad watching. I mean, at the end of the day, like he has four girls. And he so, paid his debt. If he would have been a citizen, he would have been released and there would be no problem. But because he only had a green card, you know, like this is why you become a citizen. So you get all of the protections under our law. Yeah. And I mean, you have Melissa on this episode saying, like, I think they're going to make an example out of him. And I do think that she was right. In yeah. A way, oh, they're definitely making know? an example. But it's not just him. It's anyone. You think he basically said uh, the first night, the day that he was in ICE custody, no one gets out of here. Yeah, and I think they were sort of chalking it up to like, oh, but he's on TV, so they're going to do this. And I'm like, listen, like, I think this is just a really bad time to do anything like this and try to appeal it. Because like with the way that immigration policies are right now, I mean, I they're, I don't necessarily know that they're making some of him. I think there's a lot of people that they've deported. So. They're deporting so many people. And it wasn't even just under this administration, although it's obviously more intense under this administration. But it just, you know... I just can't get over this cognitive dissonance they have between the cast as a whole besides Jackie and Margaret like support Trump and like if you support Trump then like you are in you know de facto supporting the deportation of hundreds of like tens of thousands of people you know so and including a man who is for American daughters who miss him deeply and who has paid his debt to society and it's not like he's a violent criminal, you know? So I don't know. It just, but like, I don't know. And he still supports him. Joe Giudici still supports Trump. So the whole thing is crazy to me. And I know I've gotten a little too political more than normal, but it's just wild. 
Yeah, I feel like it's just really sad because it's like you have Gia saying like she's going to Rutgers because she wants to stay close to home and Casey comes back. Like it's just really heartbreaking in a lot of ways. And it's like I know there are so many stories like this, but I think seeing it play out on TV, it's like it's just really so sad. And I I was thinking like watching it like it's just like you said, he paid his debt to society at a certain point like I don't think anything bad would come of having him in the country. I think what's going to impact, you know, are his daughters. Like, I think they're going to be the ones that have a hard time without him. And so it's just sad to kind of see him, you know, come out but not be with his family. Yeah, it is. Um, I actually just had someone uh, text me. You could all hear that probably. Uh, But it's actually a doctor I know who was telling me about the pictures of the doctors at the border trying to give flu shots to migrants and being turned away. Um, So as we're talking about this policy, it is something I am dealing with in real time that we are all dealing with. And, you know, I do appreciate when there is like discussion of it. It's just, you know, they even said tonight on you know, or not tonight, but on Jersey that, you know, this isn't a great time for immigration, but no one said exactly why. (laughs) And it's like, can you name it? Maybe? Yeah. (laughs) People keep saying, you know, Teresa knows Trump, right? From her time with the apprentice stuff. So like, should she be reaching out to him? But it's like, I, at this point, like, you know, I feel like I can understand why she wouldn't. Yeah. He was pretty horrible to her. Yeah. Well, we're about wrapping up, but I want to hear, do you have thoughts on Vanderpump Rules, which was starting in January? You saw the first episode of the season. They premiered it at BravoCon. Thoughts on that? Anything we should be looking for this season? Yeah, I feel like, you know, this is a cast where I'm really happy, honestly, as loyal as I am to like my OG cast members. I think it's good that they're getting some new people in there because it's getting to the point where everyone is either married, getting engaged this season. Like it's I mean, I think we had so much drama in those initial seasons of who cheated on who and, and, you know, it's all kind of died down. So I know they're, you know, they're bringing on these new cast members um, and in the first episode, we saw some drama um, with Max, who has, I think, had some sort of relationship with Sheena and then is also dating. And is he the manager of Tom Tom? Yeah. So I think he's dating um, Dana. That's also at Tom Tom. Um, I think they work there together. Okay. Um, and so there, it's just a classic Vanderpump, like at a party drama situation where it's Dana sort of realizing that like Max maybe isn't just dating her and maybe has had something with Sheena also. Um, so <laughs> Sheena, it's always just, in the mix. Yeah. Um, and Sheena, you know, was at BravoCon with her very handsome Aussie boyfriend. Oh, people um, say he's great. He is just, he looks like Jason Momoa. He is like this really big, great looking <laughs> rugby player. So, you That's know. That's incredible. And he probably doesn't really know who she is. So he actually probably appreciates her for who she is because he doesn't really understand like 
I doubt he's downloading Hey You and watching in Australia, watching Bravo in Australia, you know? Right. He said he had no idea who she was. Um, he thought she was cute and people were taking pictures with her. And he was like, your outfit's cute, but it's not that cute. Like he couldn't figure out what was happening. <laughs> um, so yeah, he just seems like a breath of fresh air for her. But it sounds like on this season, she's going to have some drama with the current cast. Um, so I think, you know, I think it'll be interesting. And I, I'm happy to see some new people, honestly. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they're going to get uh, season nine because Stasi said that she's getting married on the show in yeah. Italy. Yeah. So maybe maybe Joe Giudici will come by. Yeah, like, is it going to be in Salerno? I don't know. <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be so funny. Well, let everyone know where they can follow you on Instagram or other social media Great. Um, so I'm Jody Get Insta. That's J O D I Get Insta. Oh, I love that. I didn't have Instagram, so this was like my friends talking me into it, and they kept saying Jody Get Insta. Oh my god! So <laughs> they, did they get you? Did they like reserve? I that? I did it, but you it was it. it was based on them constantly saying that to me. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on and for sharing all your takes and letting us know how great BravoCon is, and we'll definitely have to have you back. Thank you for having me. That would be great. The sweet aromas of the apple fritter, cinnamon roll, and blueberry muffin are hard to resist. So making it the rest of the way home without reaching in your McDonald's bag is no easy task. But nothing worth doing is easy. Wake up and pair any one of these sweet, fluffy, frittery bakery treats with a McCafe iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. El nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich de McDonald's es... Crujiente, tiernito, oh. Es pollo en la McDonald's, un mordisco y... Wow. Es el nuevo Crispy Chicken Sandwich. Ordena por anticipado en el app de McDonald's. Ba -ba -ba -ba. En McDonald's participantes.